This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. We are going to continue in our summer series. Uh, sharing on the core values of our church. And let me just tell you, we've been really blessed with um, our speakers. Our elders are just really blessed and uh, great communicators. And we're going to continue doing that. Uh, our next speaker is uh, Adam. He's our resident unpaid theologian uh, from our church, philosopher, uh, we could say all sorts of things. He's just, um, just really gifted, smart, and the last time he shared, it was just uh, really neat and powerful, so I was looking forward to today. I'd like for us to give a warm uh, welcome to our own elder, Adam Bechtel. Thank you, Mario. Good morning. So this morning I have the uh, pleasure to speak to you guys about our core value of authenticity. Um, in some ways, this is a very freeing thing to be able to speak to you about because anytime I mess up, I can just say, I'm practicing authenticity. <laughs> I didn't have to dress up, I'm just able to be myself and I can just put it all on the topic. Um, but the flip side to that is uh, about a year ago is when we came up with these core values that Mario and the elders, we had a retreat. Uh, we were aided by Eric, which we were very grateful for his help. Um, and with the guiding of the Holy Spirit, we were able to identify these core values. And after we did that, Mario asked me to define them. And all of them I, was really easy for me to do. I had like, I could instantly come up with an idea, a way to put it into words, except for authenticity. And so it's somewhat poetic that this is the one that fell to me to share with you guys this morning. And I find that that happens very often with God in my life, where I feel like I've got a good handle on things tends to fall to other people, but the places where I don't feel so confident or so strong falls on my shoulders. Uh, so hopefully I can rest on uh, the Holy Spirit to guide me this morning as I talk to you guys about these things. Um, so as I was beginning to come up with what I wanted to say about authenticity, I started probably in the same place that most people have started when they've tackled their uh, core value topic, and that's with the definition of authenticity. So authenticity can be defined, at least when we're talking about authenticity in a person, as the degree to which a person's actions are congruent with their beliefs and desires, despite external pressures to conformity. Um, I think that's a really good definition, especially when we're talking about a spiritual context, because it just means that you're doing what you say you're gonna do regardless of what other people, like the pressures of the world, tell you to do. Uh, we can also look to psychology to give us an idea of how to be an authentic person, and uh, there's several lists that you can find on the qualities of an authentic person, but the one that I uh, decided to use this morning was there are seven qualities of an authentic person, 
And those are realistic perceptions of reality, uh, which there should be a slide for that. Next, there we go. That first one might not show up very well, but the first one is realistic perceptions of reality. The second one is accepting of themselves and others. The third is thoughtful. The fourth is a non-hostile sense of humor. So that means that your humor isn't based on attacking other people or making fun of other people. Um, you would be able to express your emotions freely and clearly, and you're open to learning from mistakes, and you understand your own motivations. And this also is, I think, a good list. Um, and in fact, I think that if we were to look closely, we would find most of these qualities in the people gathered in this room. And it, to give you a little bit of inside baseball, that's what led us to this core value because we often hear that spoken about you guys. We hear that you guys are authentic people. Whenever we have guests and visitors, one thing they always say about our church is that it is authentic. And that's what led us into the conversation of having this as a core value. And so this is a good list, but I don't think it quite gets us there. It doesn't really encompass any spiritual aspects. Um, it's really just about the way we interact with the world, and it doesn't talk about how we interact with God. So I continued thinking about this concept of authenticity, and whenever I'm having trouble uh, understanding or grasping a concept, I like to use metaphors. And so the metaphor that I used was, or where I hear authenticity used a lot, is in works of art, fine works of craftsmanship, or antiques. And if you grew up in the 90s or early 2000s, there was one definitive source for authenticity when it came to antiques in the culture in the US. It aired on PBS and it was called the Antiques Roadshow. So maybe you guys have watched that, maybe you haven't. Um, if you've never heard of it, but you've heard of Pawn Stars or you've heard of American Pickers, it's a very similar concept. People would have things in their attic or their garage that they didn't know were of any value that they would take to this place, and then they would have experts tell them what they had, whether it was something of amazing worth or whether it was just something that had uh, family worth. And because it was a TV show, quite often someone would have something that they thought was garbage, and it turned out it was worth millions or thousands of dollars. We used to watch it growing up a lot. We, uh, didn't have cable, so we were at the mercy of whatever we could get in our, our antennas and PBS. It was one of the things that came in the clearest. And so we watched a lot of PBS shows, and we would watch it quite often on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon, especially if there weren't any sports on TV at the time. Um, and so in thinking about that show, there were sort of three things that stood out to me about how these experts would often talk about the objects that were brought to them. And describe their authenticity. So those three aspects or three things um, that they would do is first they would assess the state of that object. object. They would talk about um, whether it was kept in good repair, whether it was broken, uh, whether there were um, touch-ups needed, or whether there had been things done in the past to it. Um, and one, the important part of that step was the flaws in that item did not 
equate to worthlessness of that item. And when you're talking about antiques, oftentimes those flaws or that wear or that patina are what give that thing added value. Um, I remember in the 90s, there was a set of pennies, I think it was in the early or mid-90s, there was a set of pennies that were minted incorrectly. The stamp on them got slightly off. And instead of being worth one cent, they were worth you know, dollars or something like that. But it was several hundred or thousand-fold what they should have been worth because of a mistake in the printing. And so when we're talking about f fine works of craftsmanship or works of art, the flaws in that thing or the wear on that thing or being broken doesn't mean that it is worthless. So the next thing that they would often look for when dealing with a work of art or a, a piece of craftsmanship is something called a maker's mark. So if you're talking about a painting, it's obvious the artist always signs. Um, if it's a print, there's numbered prints on them. If it's a, a sculpture, oftentimes there's some sort of carving done to it. Um, but even if it's a manufactured item, there's almost always an imprinting of where and when that was made, and you can prove who did it. So if you have something by Picasso, for instance, one of the ways you know it was done by Picasso is because his name's right there. Or if you're talking about a uh, rare bottle that is collected by people, the way you know it is because if you flip it up to the bottom, it tells you when and where it was made. And those things um, speak of the authenticity of that item. And then the third thing that the experts would almost always do when dealing with something, and especially if it was something that wasn't obviously worth value, they would describe the purpose of that object. So um, maybe a woman would bring in something that her grandmother had treasured and passed on to her, and she didn't know what it was, but it turned out it was a manicure set that was from the 1800s or something that had been passed down through generations and generations, but it didn't look like the ones that you would have now. Or sometimes it would be a set of forks and knives that you just thought were forks and knives, but really if you go back several hundred years, people didn't have drawers of silverware, they had one set, and they were of extremely high quality and craftsmanship, and so now they are worth tremendous amounts. And so the experts know this stuff, and they inform the owners of that purpose, of that provenance, of the history behind it. So maybe you're going to ask yourself now, what does this mean for Mosaic? Because I'm talking about objects, and we're a group of people, and I don't want you to get confused because I don't want to think of you guys as objects. Um, but I think there is a metaphor to be drawn here between the authenticity of those objects and the, authentic, the way that we practice authenticity as a church and as disciples of Christ. And so here at Mosaic, there are three ways that I've identified that we practice authenticity. And so those are, firstly, we welcome you wherever you are in your journey with God. Whether you have been serving him for your entire life, whether you just started yesterday, uh, whether you haven't quite started yet, we welcome you. Maybe you used to serve him and you've fallen away. It doesn't matter to us. We want you to be a part of our church. Secondly, we will challenge you to make sure that your external actions reflect the inner state of your heart. So the external reflects the internal. And thirdly, we will enable you to become the disciple God has called you to be and equip you to do the work that he has put before you. So those three things, again, are we welcome you, 
we challenge you, and we equip and enable you. And that's how we practice authenticity here at the church. So let's go into those three things a little bit stronger. Um, first, let's talk about how we welcome you. Um, as at Mosaic, we believe in the creative and the restorative power of God. Um, God, like me, likes to use metaphors when he's trying to describe complex topics. And one metaphor for himself that he often uses is that of a potter. That works very well with the message that I'm trying to get, to you, get across to you this morning. Um, God looks at us as though we are his creations, as though he is a potter forming clay. And one great thing about pottery, if you've, ever, if you've never worked with it, is that no matter where you are in the process, until the final step, no matter how messed up it gets, you can go back and you can start over. So if you're talking about pottery on a wheel, you've got soft clay that you're moving, and you're moving, and you're, you're working it into this shape, and if it breaks, or if it falls apart, or if it crumbles, you can start over, form it back into that lump, and begin again. And God does that same thing with us. Um, and we've all gone through that process. Sometimes we're not even aware of it. And the Bible tells us this in Romans 3, verses 23 and 24. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It, there's no equivocation. All have sinned. Every person. Everybody. I'm going to use another metaphor with you guys here this morning, and that is uh, of this Japanese art that's called kintsugi. Uh, there's a picture of it up there. And that is the art of taking a broken piece of pottery, a bo broken piece of earthenware, and repairing it using a mixture of lacquer and precious metals. So in this picture, there is a teapot that had been utterly shattered, but the artist took each of those pieces and painstakingly put them back together using gold. So he took the, the artist took this thing that was very replaceable, a dime a dozen, clay, and he interwove it with gold, something that is precious and rare. And one principle that is uh, throughout this process is that the end result of the repaired item that was broken is more beautiful than it was originally. So through that process of breaking and repair, it became more beautiful, of greater value, more highly treasured than it started out when it was whole. I think that is probably one of the most powerful metaphors I could draw for the way that God interacts with us as human beings. He takes something that has been completely shattered and he painstakingly puts it back together and creates something more beautiful than it was at the start. We can see an example of this in scripture. One, after Jesus has been resurrected and the disciples um, were out fishing and he calls them to him and uh, later on, they're sitting around the fire, and he pulls Peter aside, and he asks him three times whether he loves him, and he tells him three times to feed his sheep. And each of those three times corresponds to the three betrayals that Peter did. 
before Christ was crucified. And I think this is Jesus taking Peter's broken heart and mending it with gold. Um, and what he's also doing, Jesus is also challenging Peter. So let's move on to that challenge aspect that we talked about. At Mosaic, we value accountability. I think uh, if you spent any time here, you will see Mario from the pulpit talk about how he is not a perfect person and how he has messed up and God has set him out on track. Um, all of us, I think, from the pulpit will share moments like that, and we value that, and we will never ask you to be anything more than you are. We also um, don't put on a show for you. So just a few moments ago, the band was up here, and they did an incredible job of leading us in worship. We have an incredibly talented band, and they could put on a great show for you if they wanted to do, but that's not what they're here to do. Bryce was up here pouring his heart out, but it wasn't to manipulate you or to cause you to feel an emotion that you weren't already feeling. It was to open the doors of heaven to you and allow you to enter into the worship with God we're not putting on a show. We're wanting to provide room for the Holy Spirit to act in your life. In that same way, we don't ever pressure you to respond. We do, we're not putting on a show for you, and we don't want you to put on a show for us. If you come to the altar during worship or afterwards at an altar call, um, we're not going to take names. We don't have a list of, okay, this person responded. When Mario asked you to raise your hands earlier. There wasn't Daniel in the back with a notepad saying, okay, uh, Dave raised his hand. Rhea only kind of halfway raised her hand. Um, Adam looked like he was on his phone playing a game. We don't do that. We're not here to give you, get a show from you. We're here to worship God. And we want you to worship God. So if you have an experience with God in this building, we want it to be authentic. We don't want you to respond out of emotion. We want you to respond out of the prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's not to say that God can't use emotion, but we're not trying to manipulate yours. This is an extremely important concept for the, those of us with kids. And Mario says this all the time. Our kids watch us, and they see whether our actions are true, whether when we're worshiping, we're actually worshiping or we're just pretending. I just saw an article this morning online that was talking about a study that kids as young as two can tell when their parents really mean what they say. So it is incredibly important. And that's why we keep the kids up here during worship. By the end, my kids were about to lose their minds. I'm sure Eric and Melissa's kids were feeling the same way. Um, every, the kids always get antsy, but we're not worried about that because we trust the Holy Spirit to take care of things because we're wanting an authentic worship experience and we want our kids to see that authenticity at work. Um, we can again see an example in scripture of this concept and that's in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5 and Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he says, and I, when I came to you brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. 
And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What's Paul saying? Paul was an incredibly smart man. He's probably the smartest person to, to contribute to the Bible. He was, his job was the equivalent of what would be an attorney in our world today. He knew how to turn a phrase. He knew how to argue someone into the ground if he wanted to. But he committed himself to not doing that and to allowing God to speak for him and through him. And we try to do that same thing here at Mosaic. Mario was talking me up big about how smart I am and how I could be a philosopher. But I'm not here trying to convince you with my fancy words. I'm trying to let God speak through me. And that's another way we practice authenticity. So when I'm speaking to you, I'm not speaking to you out of my head. I'm speaking to you out of my heart, I'm trying to let the internal things that God has placed there show out to you. And we ask you guys to do the same. Lastly, we want to enable and equip you. So we believe that God has placed different gifts and callings in each of your lives. And we believe that he has a different plan for you to use those. And so we want to be a place where you can do that, where you can be free, feel free to follow the calling that God has placed on you. Um, in Romans 12, verses 3 through 8, Paul says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. One of another, excuse me. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So we want you to use these gifts and callings here on a Sunday morning. We also, um, that's part of our point of having Wednesday night uh, services. We want that Wednesday night to be a place where we equip you for the things that you need in your regular lives, in your Monday through Saturday lives. So that is our guiding principle whenever we come up with a topic. Um, for I don't know, probably the last couple of years, the elders will talk together before we decide on a new topic, and we, decide, we discuss where we feel God is leading us in an area that we think that the church needs growth. So when we did worship a while back, it's because we felt the spirit of God pointing us to that direction because, hey, the church needs to be equipped to worship better. Um, just this last time, we did um, a book called God Will Make a Way. It's about how to deal with hard times. And it's because we noticed through the prompting of the Holy Spirit that there were many people in our church body who were dealing with some really tough things in their life. And we felt like, hey, we have this opportunity to equip our church body in a way that God is leading us. 
But we don't just want you to limit your usage of the gifts and callings on Sunday or on Wednesday night. We're trying to equip you to be that disciple of Christ in your entire life. So when Eric teaches his kids on Mondays through Fridays, he's teaching through the gifting of, of God. When Dave does legal work, he's doing it through the gifting. There's other attorneys here. If, if someone is in trial, it's because they're leading through the gifting that God has given them. We want you to walk in that gifting and calling in every aspect of your life. And that is a process. Just like that song we sang, it doesn't happen immediately. So you might ask, how can we do that? How can I do that? How can I be a Christian in the courtroom? How can I be a Christian in a secular classroom? And just like I started out this talk telling you how this is the... the uh, core value that I felt the weakest in, that's exactly how you're going to do that. In Second Corinthians 12, 9, Paul writes, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And that's Jesus talking to Paul. Jesus's power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. If you want to be an authentic Christian in all of your life, you don't hide away from your weaknesses. You don't shy away from the areas of your life you feel the most weak in. You allow God to use you in those areas because if he does, you can be sure that it is his work and not your own because you didn't know how to do it, but somehow God made it happen, right? So let's sum up here. And I have one phrase that can really sum up authenticity for Mosaic. And that phrase is, at Mosaic, we want to be a place where you can be who you are while you are becoming who God wants you to be. I'll say that again. We, we, Mosaic is a place where we want you to be who you are while you are becoming who God wants you to be. That's what I think authenticity looks for us. So if you've been a part of our Wednesday nights, the last term, I tried to end every Wednesday night with a challenge to the people in my group. So I'm gonna do that same thing to you guys this morning. And my challenge for you this morning is to ask yourself whether you are living with authenticity. And that might look like maybe you need restoration. Maybe there's a part of your life that is broken and you need to allow God to put it back together. Maybe you need to spend some time reflecting on whether your external actions really mirror what's going on inside of you. And that can go both ways. Is what you're doing, if you are singing praises to God, if you are praying, if you are, are witnessing, do you believe it inside? Or are you doing the things that you believe inside? So if you believe that God is sovereign, are you living your life that way? And then lastly, I want you to ask yourself whether or not you are walking on the path that God has put before you. And in, in those three areas of contemplation, I believe you will discover whether or not you are living with authenticity. And if the answer is no, we understand. 
This is not a, uh, I'm not trying to say in judgment over you. This is to be encouraging. We are encouraging you to grow more and more authentic in your walk with God. So let's close with prayer. God, I thank you that you are a patient God. I thank you that you are willing to take the time with us to mold us into the work of art, into that craftsmanship that you have envisioned. And that when things go, right, go awry, you are willing to start over. And God, I pray that as we go about our week and our jobs, as we deal with our kids or our families, as we spend time alone and with no one there but you, I pray that our faith in you and our love in you would grow more authentic and that that authenticity would shine through. Father, I pray that that maker's mark that you have placed on each and every one of our hearts would be clear to all those who encounter us. In your name I pray, amen. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurch.com. Thank you.